Hey, if you are a high achieving woman between the ages of 28 to 43, you value personal growth and development, and you've been trying for at least three years to try to attract a partner so that you can get married, and you feel like you've been stuck in this rut and you wanna figure out how you can move your love life forward, I have a special offer and opportunity for you. I want you to join my next free live training. It's called Connect, Court, and Commit to the Right Ready Man Without Wasting Time so that you can get some tools and information on how I have helped my clients from my years of matchmaking and relationship coaching with the Captivating Courtship Code Coaching Program, how I have taught them and helped them to attract the right partners, get engaged, and get married in less time. So if that sounds like you, if you're a high achieving woman between the ages of 28 to 43 and you are ready to prioritize your love life, then join our next live training. You're simply going to message me on Instagram, Zara J Captivating Courtship, the word brainstorm, and I'll send you all the details on how I can add you to the next live training list. If you need the Instagram, that's Zara J Captivating Courtship. The information is in the show notes. I'm Zara J, relationship coach, author, and creator of the Passion Attraction Prototypes. And on this podcast, I teach high-achieving women like you how to reignite your self-worth and feminine intuition so you can quickly identify and attract a compatible partner for commitment in less time using my six-step match formula, the Captivating Courtship Code. Every week, I bring you lessons, reflections, and tips that have been proven to help my clients meet their partners and transform their love lives quickly. You're getting the inside scoop from my years of owning a matchmaking service and as an expert relationship coach that will take you from a wounded princess to a captivating queen of courtship. So... If you're ready to ditch trying to get him to commit like so many other relationship gurus try to teach you, which are just anxiety creating relationship tactics, and instead learn authentic yet intentional proven relationship attraction techniques so you can finally have the partnership you desire, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Courtship Code Podcast. All right, so I am sitting here with Mediama, and I'm so excited to speak with her because I have been watching her journey since joining the Captivating Course Code Coaching Program, and I've watched her grow tremendously and also grow in life. I mean, so many changes, so much has happened on your journey from when you first joined coaching to now being married, relocating abroad, like so much is going on. So... I definitely am excited to speak with you and learn more about you. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first, just give people a little bit of an overview of like who you are. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself, your age, where you're from. Just some basic, simple things. Okay. So my name is Mariama. I grew up in Harlem, New York City, um, so that's where I spent most of my life. Um, but my family's originally from Senegal, so I grew up in a immigrant Senegalese home. Um, so just growing up, it was really nice to to be in Harlem where there was so much diversity. Um, a lot of my friends are also like children of immigrants as well. Um, so that really shaped, I guess, my interest in life, um, the way that I moved through life as well. I'm having that background. I'm also um, a Muslim American as well. So just a lot of different identities 
Um, but honestly, I feel like they're, they've been a strength for me and not a weakness. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, so I grew up in New York. Um, I'm currently in Senegal right now. Um, so I've been wanting to move home to Senegal for like the last three or so years. Um, so in the last three years, I've been coming back a lot more frequently. And now that I'm married, I'm here a little bit more like permanently, still back and forth, still figuring it out. But um, it's really nice that I'm able to be home um, and that marriage has brought me, like been able to bring me back to Senegal. So I'm um, just lots to be grateful for. Um, I work in public health as well as like a career thing. Um, but yeah, that's my passion and my work. So. I don't always talk about it too, too much, but it is a big part of my life as well. Yeah, so, it, it's definitely a big part of your life. And um, just in reflecting, I can rem- it was a big part of your story at the time of being coaching because we were going through COVID. So it was definitely a big yeah. part of, had an impact on your relationships as well and where you just were in life. So I want to go all the way back to when you joined coaching and let's talk about where you were prior to joining coaching like what where were you at in life like as far as like emotionally or how were you feeling about your love life or about relationships that brought you to the decision to join coaching honestly when i joined coaching i felt like i had nothing left to lose i was just like at a very low point in relationships i just felt like I didn't know how to make it work. Nothing was ever working. I didn't know what was wrong. So I was like, maybe, you know, I do need some external help to help to help me figure this out in the same way that like I would try to figure out what's wrong in another area of my life. Maybe I need to like start putting more time into this because I don't want this to continue and I want this to change for myself. Um, so that was where I was at. I just really needed help. Um, and I remember listening to your podcast um and i said you know what she she sounds like she knows what she's talking about maybe i should talk to her so just talking to you and um joining coaching was really transformational for me but i guess we'll go into that a bit more but yes i was definitely at a low point in our relationships yeah and i can remember when you first joined and you were just giving me some background information on like some past relationships and some experiences that you have gone through and I'm like, this girl is absolutely stunning. Like, she's a beautiful girl. You know, at that time, I think you're probably like mid-20s, probably around 25, maybe 26 or so at the time. And so yeah, around that time, yeah. So I'm like, she's in her mid-20s. She's absolutely beautiful. Like, of course, I would love to work with her, but not just for those reasons, but it always... I think people have this perception sometimes when they find a woman attractive that it's just supposed to be easy for her or that... She like all the men are just supposed to just drop everything and just be with them. And they're not supposed to have any problems with relationships. On top of that, you are very educated. You're also accomplished in your career as well. And there can be this belief that you're supposed to have it all together. And I think that puts pressure on the woman as well as to thinking, what's wrong with me? Why don't I have it all together? everyone else thinks that I'm so great or I'm attractive or I'm accomplished or I'm educated or all these things, but I may not actually feel the way people may perceive me to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that because I felt like I knew that I was confident in everything else in my life. I knew that I was educated. I I felt confident in my physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I felt like I'm a kind person. Like, I felt like I had everything. So to me, it was like, why isn't anything working? Um, and that also led me to trying to go after guys who I felt like, I guess the, the trophy that we talked mm-hmm. about a lot, guys who embody every single great quality in the books. That mm-hmm. was what I expected for myself because I was so high. I felt like I ranked myself so high in everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it was very frustrating. And it, it was like a cognitive dissonance, like, why isn't this working? Why isn't everything sticking? Right. That's a great way to put it. And so you joined coaching and you also joined coaching with one of your girls and Mm -hmm. coming into that environment, if you can just kind of remember, like coming back into that, into the environment of being in a space where you can open up around other women and share and ask questions and get on the coaching calls or post in the community how impactful was that for you? Like, what was that like having a space like that? Um, it was really impactful for me because I, I mean, I love my friends and I love their advice. Um, but it was, it was interesting to get viewpoints that I wouldn't necessarily receive otherwise. Um, especially in, in terms of relationships, I wouldn't necessarily like ask my classmates, like who are of course the diverse group of people, but I wouldn't ask them the same questions. So having a different set of, ears to listen to my situations was really helpful just just to get different viewpoints and to get some get people who are kind of removed from my life to to help me out with different things and then also to learn from others as well I think most I actually feel like I benefited more from Mm -hmm. um seeing how other people's relationships are progressing what was going well what they were struggling with and how they were handling things and then how I would handle things in return um because it kind of like I feel like it it put a magnifying glass or like shown a light on the things that I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I think just having those two different pathways of connections is really, really useful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that oftentimes that's something that's overlooked is how much you can learn just from being behind the scenes of what other people are doing, what other people are going through. So while someone else is getting coached and someone else is expressing and sharing what they're going through, you're like, wow, that's me. Oh, I do those same things. I've been there. And you see yourself in other people where you may not have to come forward at that moment, but you're still getting coached through them. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely something that's extremely um, helpful with transformation. So... Mm -hmm. You're in coaching, you're showing up to calls, you're doing the work. What do you think was the number one thing that you had to work on? I had to work on being more emotionally available. Um, and I think we even pinpointed that during one of our first calls. We even, I remember I was always saying, like, I keep, I keep dating these men who are, who are, who are, they, they seem like they're great, but they're not emotionally there for me. And I feel like they're distant. And you asked me the question, well, are you emotionally available? And I, I just, <laughs> I, was like, well, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> and the thing for me, I didn't realize it because I, I consider myself to be kind my friends consider the same thing as well. But I think when it comes to relationships, I, I close off a large part of myself out of fear. Um, so realizing that I was doing that and not like being, not showing everything of myself in relationships that that was holding me back was a really big thing that I had to work on about coaching. So what do you think? Okay. So you went through getting into a space of being emotionally available. What does that now look like for you? Cause I can remember 
um, just some of like the anxiousness that you may have felt before, right? And like the over drink, overthinking, not drinking, the overthinking, <laughs> going into overdrive. That's what I was thinking. That was, that's what I was thinking. Going into overdrive with the thoughts and um, just the ruminating thoughts and being in that space. And a lot of women aren't aware of that. Even though you may want the connection, you may want love, you may want the partner, all of those things, when you're in a space of being really anxiously attached and you're coming from a place of need and you're coming from a place of not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, wanting that validation, even though in your mind you may think, well, I'm ready for the relationship right now and I don't have any problem telling this man that I want him and I want to be married and I, and I want to be with him. And you look at that as emotional availability, emotional availability. That's not actually being emotionally available. That's being needy and clingy mm-hmm. and anxious and not really showing up in your values. So how have you shifted from being in a space of not being emotionally available to now where you feel like you've, grown in that area and being able to be a lot more open? I think um, it started with being able to walk away from people when I realized that things are not ever going to change. Um, Well, pause. I want to stop you right there. I just want to pause right there because that's a big one. (laughs) And that is one of the hardest things for so Mm -hmm. many women that I've worked with. I can think of one right now that I'm working with. Being able to set and keep boundaries, being able to walk away instead of always waiting to be left, getting over that fear mm-hmm. of missing out is one of the hardest things, but it's one of the most instrumental and important things, learning how to own your value, learning how to commit to being committed, all of that. So I'm so glad you're playing that. I just had to jump in there because I know that that is one of the hardest things for so many women that I work with to get to that mm-hmm. place. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I, and it, it does take time sometimes, but I feel like that is a way of being emotionally available and being true to yourself because I just feel like it just, it holds you back in so many ways. It holds you back from being open to dating other people. Um, it also creates this dependency on the other person. Like you put all of your dreams on that one person mm-hmm. and it, it sets you up for failure, to be honest. Um, so once I started saying, you know what, like, there are other men out there. Why am I like stressed over this person? Why am I, it's just that once I kept doing that, that's when I started to realize that I was finally like dating people who were actually pursuing me and I I wasn't the one leading it. And that was such a relief to be honest (laughs) because it's stressful when you're the one chasing all the time. Um, But when you're the one being Mm -hmm. pursued, it's like, okay, like things are happening the way that I've always envisioned that they should be happening for me. I love that. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy. So you go to coaching, you're in coaching, you've done the work, you have some ups and downs. And then when you come out of coaching, some time passes and you meet your now husband. I know you told me when we had the conversation and you said, he, you're like, thank you for helping me with this because I probably would have never uh, gone, like, courted him or like going after his type, I guess you could say. What was different about this experience when you met your now husband versus the guys that you had met in the past that you felt like you had to 
move things forward or plan or strategize or pursue them in order for things to happen? What was the difference? Yeah, I actually, I met him during coaching, actually. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, I met him. I mean, I didn't even mention him during coaching because that's, I was just, <laughs> it's not serious. That's so funny. But yeah, it was, yeah, so it was during one of my trips um, to Senegal during grad school. Um, but basically, he's a, a friend's brother. So I met him in passing. Um, he was interested, but I also was, I also asked her, like, who else? I just called my brother. Okay. But we nothing like ever happened. He did get my Instagram and like we followed each other, but nothing really serious happened until towards the end of last year. Okay. Um, and I think what was different was that he's always consistently he he chases without like being overbearing. Like if he feels that I'm not like reciprocating, he takes a step back. And so that made me curious about him. I was like, usually when people are chasing me, they keep chasing, chasing, chasing. Like he was actually like, you know what? She's not really responding. I'm gonna, I miss it back here. Um, so I was actually the one who reached out um, nice. to restart things, um, just because I was like, you know what? Why not? Why not? Okay, try? wait, wait, wait. Let's pause. Wait a minute. So okay. I love that you just shared that because one, I tell women oftentimes that when you're in that space and you're in an open energy. You don't always know how the person is going to come through. You just have to be open to how they're going to come through. They could come through online, offline, through a friend, through a referral, social media, wherever. You could be at the gas station. You don't know how they're going to come through. But I love that you said that you met him in coaching. You weren't really paying him too much attention. He was still pretty consistent. You guys were engaging here there on social media. And then you initiated and just like, hey, why not? So when you got to that space, how did he receive that? Like, what did you say? I don't know if you remember what you said, but you may remember. But what did you say? Like, how did you initiate that? I just messaged him like, hey, um, I'm I'm in town. I'm sending out to you. Are you interested in getting dinner while I'm here? Um, and he responded pretty quickly like, yeah, of course. And I remember like now that we're married, like, I, remember, I think a few weeks ago, even though, like, do you remember that message? He was like, yeah, I was so shocked when he sent that <laughs> message. But I was so, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. But, um, yeah, he received it while he was also really open. And um, even, like, during our first official date, um, he said it felt like an interview. Like, I was interrogating him. I had so many questions. But it was because I realized, like, as we were talking, I was I was – continuing to realize like oh he's actually like we're like we're really aligned interesting so that's where all these questions you're super curious about him yeah i did get super curious but he handled it well um (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah he he was definitely surprised but open as well okay so after the so i'm guessing you were traveling to you were traveling to senegal and that's why yeah i was in yeah, I had gone to Togo for a work trip, and then nice. I was I went to go to Senegal after, so I was working remotely. Um, so while I was during that last trip is when we had reconnected. Awesome. So you're over yeah. there, so you're over in Senegal. You guys go out, you have a great time together. And then you have to come back to the States eventually. How long were you in Senegal before you came back to the States? Um, I was in Senegal for about a month. So we were Okay, so you guys had a lot of Senegal. time together. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So you guys had a lot of time to spend together while you were there. And then you had to come back to the States. So what was that like? And how long were you guys 
courting long distance before you relocated, before you guys decided to get married? How long was it back and forth long distance? It was really only like three months. Quick. Yeah, it was fast because I mean, the re- I feel like it, it didn't feel fast because um, like I've gone out with him and his sisters like back in February. Mm-hmm. Like I've known about him for so long and we've been connected. Mm-hmm. So even, it, it was fast, but I feel like we've known each other for a while. I've known his family for a while. So it, it didn't feel like, oh, like this, like I'm, I'm marrying a stranger. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, it was pretty quick then. So you came back to the States. Was it back and forth for a while, or did you just come back for the next few months and then you went back to Senegal? Yeah, that. Yeah, I came back. Um, we were long distance, and then when I came back again, that was after we had gotten married. <laughs> so yeah, when we came, when we saw each other again, that was we were already husband and wife at that point. Amazing. So how did that feel to go from first date? in Senegal, hey, I'm coming here, I'll be here for work, I'm gonna be in town, to just a few months later, you're married. Like, how did that feel for you? It, it felt really natural. It also, it, I think if, if, how to explain it? It felt great relationship-wise. Like, it felt like everything was going as it should be. I think it was like the logistics of things because yeah. like I had to move and like coordinating everything. But outside of that, within the relationship, it felt natural. Like he was, even though he was overseas, he was supporting me like every single day. I didn't feel like I was alone during the transition process. Um, so I, I definitely feel like a large part of it was also like the timing of your love life. Like I just feel like mm-hmm. the timing just aligned so well. And, I don't know. I just feel like everything is kind of found space, which sounds really corny, but no, no, <laughs> it doesn't like sound corny at all. It doesn't sound corny yeah. at all. It's just alignment. Like when you are in that space, you're in an emotional space where you're able to receive him. He's also there. You know, he matched you match energy as people like to say, right? Like he matched you in that same space where both of you were open and ready to receive each other. Um, and then things just moved forward and it felt, like you said, it felt natural. It felt organic. It felt safe. You didn't feel these hot, you might've felt some stress and some nervousness. Like, oh my gosh, this is happening. It's happening so quickly. You may have felt some of that, but ultimately it felt secure. It felt natural, like a natural progression. Not like you were having to force and move it forward and do all the work. Not like you were trying to get him to make the commitment decision. Like he was ready, willing, and able to meet you there. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. I, that's definitely what happened. Um, yeah, it wasn't forcing. It wasn't, um, there wasn't anxiety. It, it just was, it just felt smooth and I felt supported and I also was supporting him. It just felt like a, like we're feeding off of each other's energy, kind of like what you said. Yeah. Which is really refreshing for me. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to, 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 uh, shout out and compliment your husband a little bit right now what about him was just like yes for you like what is it about him how he shows up for you how he shows up as a man that made you feel like yes i want to do this mashallah i would say i don't know he's just he's a very great person and of course he's my husband but he He's so kind and he he's a problem solver. He's like a proactive problem solver. So 
that was something that I actually, I remember when we did one exercise where we were listing out like, what are the things we want in our husbands? Um, and that was something that was really important to me. Like someone who like, I don't have to ask them to try and like solve things like they just, you know, they take action. And I remember when I, we were talking, I was kind of, we were talking about marriage while I was in Senegal. I was like, you know, it might be difficult because, you know, I'm in the U.S., you're here. I was listening out all these reasons why, like, it might be hard. But he was listening out all the reasons why, you know, we could work together to make it work. And I think when he's, he kept doing that, he not only saying it, but, like, showing me, like, in actions, like, how he was supporting me. Um, so just having the actions aligned with his words, like, every single time. To this day, Mashallah <laughs> has just been, I think, one of the best things about him. Um, I think also like our, our, I guess our level of religiosity and our, our, I guess our, I don't know how to explain it, our desire to improve ourselves in, in different areas of our lives. I think we're both on that same wavelength and we're supporting each other in doing that too. Yeah. Um, so just the support and the proactiveness, um, even when getting married, he was like very clear from the very beginning, like, I'm not trying to play around. I do want to get married. He called when he called my mom. He was like, "No, I want to marry your daughter." He was not trying to like <laughs> beat around the bush. Like these are my intentions. I'm be very clear with everyone. Um, so yeah, just like the straightforwardness and being clear about what he wanted, and just consistency is also a very big part of who he is. So yeah, so far so good. <laughs> so I'm curious to know what impact do you think? What impact? did coaching have on how you now show up as a wife? That's a good question. I would say sitting down and having hard conversations sometimes because we're still, I mean, things are great, but we're still learning each other. So um, there's still like that, the learning period that we're going through right now, especially like living together on our own. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say just being able to say like, hey, sorry for like saying something a certain way and like actually taking accountability for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think in the past I would just be silent and kind of let things like, let things rock. But I think now I'm more like, you know, I actually have to voice how I'm feeling. Like as, maybe not as it happens, but relatively soon so that we can, because that things don't like linger. Right. Um, So I think, yeah, being able to initiate that has been really helpful for, for me and for him. Being able to, so being able to communicate and also, I guess, processing the emotions as well, because you have to be able, because what you just said was not always right there in that moment, which means it's not as reactive. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's just, I guess who I am. I don't usually react at the moment, um, but I try to make sure that too much time passes between when something happens and when I um address things so i do like to yeah to process things um but be- sometimes in the past i process things and then just not say anything and shut down oh okay yeah. so now it's like, so actually, like your willingness to communicate how you feel and to share exactly. that it goes back to the emotional availability that you mentioned earlier just being more emotionally available and emotionally present yeah and i think that the reason why it's easy now is because there's not this fear like, oh, if I say this, he'll run away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, if I say this, we're just gonna it'll be something that we work through. Right. Um but before I was afraid that I would lose the person yeah. in that way. So that, that fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, 
um, mm-hmm. fear of being left if you say the wrong thing or if you share how you feel that this person's going to leave me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what has life been like now? It's been a few months since you've gotten married. What has life been like as a married woman for you? It has been really, really nice. Um, we both talk about the fact that we knew, oh, like, pretty much we would have gotten married earlier. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's really nice to be, to be able to spend time with someone that you like as a friend and as a husband. I mean, I'm, well, yes, your friend, your husband. But some of you those are two different roles. Them. No, some, those are two different yeah. roles because sometimes you can have a husband that's not a friend and you all, you can have a friend that's not your husband. So those are two different roles. So, so yeah. True. So having that companion, having that, that good friend, that best friend in your partner, and then also having him as that support and showing up as a husband as well. Yeah. It's, it's great because yeah, I think that's important in any relationship. <laughs> Sorry. Um, to make sure that, I don't know that there's some different dynamics in within the relationship um and that you're able to do different things together um so i, I yeah i don't know i think that it's it's been good so far because of that like just being able to do activities together like talk about different subjects um yeah it's, it's nice to have a partner in life i would say <laughs> it's amazing and yeah wedding stunning I, I was like oh my gosh she's so beautiful wow. you looked great in your <laughs> wedding dress i was just like so Thank excited you. for you tell give me a little bit about the wedding because you had the wedding in senegal which is like beautiful amazing tell me a little bit about the wedding about like how that felt for you yeah so i i did my nikah while i was in new york mm-hmm. um so we the traditional ceremony um i yeah we were we were separate but Mm -hmm. we did do a reception together a few weeks ago um so that was really really beautiful because my a few friends from the u.s flew out um a few family members came as well (laughs) um his family was there his friends so it was really nice to like combine our worlds um also, like my all my friends, like they're born and raised in the U.S. His friends mostly born and raised in Senegal, so it was just like a lot of my cultures mixing. Um, but I feel like there was so much love in the air, like not only like our love, but like our family and Aww. friends, and everyone just had such a wonderful time. And the the vibe was great. Like I just I actually wasn't stressed on my wedding day, which was really <laughs> a good sign that it was a good day. That's yeah. amazing. So two questions that I have that's like non relationship related. Well, one is relationship related. The first question is, what has it been like transitioning to moving to Senegal and moving abroad? And then my second question is, because you're not the first client that I've had that's moved abroad, met a guy, especially it seems like <laughs> so several of them have have gotten men in Senegal. <laughs> They've married men in oh. Senegal. <laughs> but, and and Another Janaba, she also moved abroad. Um, she just moved at the top of the year. She moved to Senegal as well to be with her husband. But my first question is, what has life been like transitioning from the states to Senegal? Even though I know you visited there a lot of times, you have family there. You know, your your you have your extended family is there. But also, the transition to Senegal, and then also, what advice would you give to a woman who 
is getting to know a man abroad and going through the process. I know everyone's situation is different, but if you could give some advice or some pointers on that, making that decision, because it's a big decision. It's not even just like long distance. It's moving to another country, another part of the world, which is amazing. Um, so I would love to hear what advice would you give a woman who's considering that or maybe getting to know a man abroad. Maybe she tra- she's a traveler. She travels a lot because I do have some clients who they're just like avid travelers. They're always traveling to different countries, different places. So they're meeting people all the time and they may or may not think that's an option for them. And I would love to hear what you what advice you would have for them. But first, what has it been like transitioning from New York to are you in Dakar? Yeah, I'm in Dakar. Yeah, from New York to Dakar. What has that been like for you? It's well, when I first got here, it was actually a relief to just sit down one place because right before I moved, um, obviously it was like a lot of things going on, the Nikah, like getting my like logistics together to move and all that. So it was, it felt so calm to sit down and just be in one location for an extended amount of time. So I would say the transition was, it was peaceful. It was what I needed. It was relaxing. Um, also, it didn't feel too jarring to me because like you said, like I, I come, I've been coming pretty often the last few years. Um, and it's, this is even before getting married, this was in my, my goals for so long. Nice. So it, it didn't, I don't know. It this aligned with like, your oh, vision. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, I moved I moved because of a man. Like, I was like, well, obviously, yeah, my husband, yeah. But I also moved because, like, this is what I've been trying to do. Tip number so one. Long. Tip number one. She's giving you a tip right now. Do not relocate yeah, or move yeah. solely for the man. It's not that yes. that's bad, but it's even better yeah. if exactly. you already want to be in that place. You already have that desire, and that's already a part of your vision. So that's a great one tip right there. (laughs) No, and that's super important because you want to make sure you have a life outside of your relationship as well and that you enjoy your surroundings. Um, Yeah, that's very important. Um, What was the other part of that question? Sorry. Um, Just life transitioning from New York to Dakar. Like, what has that been like for you? Uh, um, Are there any things you miss about New York? Uh-huh. Are there any things you miss about New York? I miss, I think, well, when my siblings came um, and my friends, I asked everyone to bring me, like, different, like, food, like, beauty products, and, yeah, like, different, like, mom, like, shipped me, like, this lemon pepper thing that I use a lot. So just, I guess the products is what yeah. I miss the most. Um, I, right now, I'm not missing New York because it's winter, but I know once it gets warmer, I'll be like, oh, I want to get back in Harlem. Um, but I don't, right now, I don't miss it too much, which is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That but means that it feels like you're home. Exactly, yeah. And I'm still in the city, so I feel like I right. still have that, that movement that I am so used to. Right. Awesome. So what tips and advice? We already have one for the girlies. Don't move solely for the man. Make sure it's a place that you also want to be, that you look forward to, that you're comfortable with. I'm guessing also some place that you've traveled to frequently would be ideal because you'll feel more comfortable, you'll feel more settled. What are some other tips or advice that you would give to someone? Because I get a lot of questions about long distance or relocating. And I've had, I think I've had half of the women that I've worked with have married long distance. 
a small sprinkle of them have married men abroad. Most of them, is maybe from st- a few states away. But I think maybe one, two, maybe three or four of you have married um, men abroad. They had to leave the borders, leave the country. Um, and I think with Momo, she actually moved into the States. She was in Canada, so she had to move into the States. But okay. yeah, so what advice or some tips would you give women? What should, things should they consider? Um, if you were to just give some coaching, give some advice to a woman that's considering long distance or abroad, what would you say? I think um, an important thing to do is like to find a system for <laughs> keeping in touch with your friends and family back home. Um, even before you move, like figure out like, what are the ways that I want to make sure that I keep those ties. Just because I feel like when you move, it's easy to kind of lose connection with people because you're just like in the moment with the people who are directly around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be more intentional about um, reaching out to others. So one thing that I do sometimes, like I'm trying like at least once a week to FaceTime with a friend or family member from back home, which doesn't sound like a lot, but sometimes weeks get just super crazy. So actually like, making sure to set those dates is really important. Um, I would say another tip is if you're afraid about work and things like that, um, there's a lot more opportunities now for working remotely. Um, so don't let that be a hindrance to you. Like, try and be creative about finding ways to, if you do work remotely, try and talk to your employer about like, hey, like I'm trying to experience this, blah, blah, blah. But just, just really advocate for yourself for working remotely as well. I love that tip. Yeah, and I suppose the last thing I would say what tips do you I have for them about, I know for for your husband, you got to know him over time. You knew some of his family, which I was going to say, that's a, that's a tip for me. So if that was a tip that I would have to add in uh, and give to women and my observations of women who have successfully married men at a distance is make sure that you get to know their families. You're not marrying in isolation. So mm-hmm. get to know their families, spend time with their family so that you know who you're marrying into, like what family you're marrying into and not just making a decision like that blindly. Yeah, I, I, that, that was when me, even that was, that's why the period between us getting, like dating, getting married was fast. I didn't feel it was because like I, his sisters have spoken so highly for, about him for so long and yes, they're his sisters, but other people as well so just knowing people who can vouch for him and him for me too like he asked people about me when we started dating too so just being able to i guess people used to do this a lot more often before but just having like those personal like background Mm -hmm. checks um yeah just yeah also knowing other people in the area you're going to be in that helps with that as well yeah now would you recommend for women to take the leap and to marry quickly or are you just like, no, wait, I'm the exception. Don't do it like me. <laughs> what what I, advice would you I, give? There's so many things that happen in marriage and that I always, I always said, like, well, I would never do that. I, like, I would see people do these things, like, for example, me not being on my new car. Like, I was always like, I don't understand why someone wouldn't. Right. Like, <laughs> but things, like, sometimes life just ends up happening, like circumstances. Um, so I would say if the circumstances have lay themselves out for you to marry quickly and you feel good about it then do it but generally i would say to take time to get get to know the person make sure you feel comfortable with them and their family their intentions like 
just comfortable about marrying them because it is a lifelong commitment. It's not just something for a few years. Um, so yeah, I think it's a case by case basis for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time coming on this podcast and just sharing your story. I know it can take a lot of courage. It takes a lot of vulnerability. So I look at you being emotionally available and, <laughs> and being open and sharing. I appreciate it so much. And I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of your journey and a part of your story. I know it takes a lot of courage for women to make that decision to say, hey, I need some help. I want some help to make that decision to prioritize themselves in that way. It can be really new and unfamiliar. And for most of the women I work with, they've never been in coaching, maybe therapy, but they've never been in coaching before. They've never been in spaces where they're encouraged to really share and be open and to get some perspective on the not so comfortable things about themselves. So I definitely Mm -hmm. appreciate you being willing to allow me to be a part of that story and then also sharing that with the listeners of the podcast. Do you have any advice or any perspective or any any encouragement for women who may be thinking about coaching or thinking about like they're in that same place that you were in? Like if you could give advice to the girl that you were when you felt like you were in that low point and you were just tired and nothing was working and you know you needed to change some things about yourself and you felt like you said, I have nothing to lose at this point. What advice would you give her about making that decision to get some help? I would say even if you're not at the point where you have nothing to lose and you're just at the point where you're like, you know what, I think I need to just try something different. Just do it. Don't wait until things get worse for yourself. Um, Be proactive in taking care of yourself. This is your practice with your physical health, your mental health. Um, Because the sooner you start working, the first thing I would say, some of the things that you want to work on or that you will want to be working on, they take time. They're things that I'm still working on today. It's not like they just mm-hmm. disappear. So the sooner you start, it's not that in two years you'll be completely better, but you would have made progress. And you'll never completely get to that point of like, I'm perfect at this, but you'll continue to make progress because that's life. So I would say the sooner the better. Um, just really be open to it. It's... It's not as scary as you think, I would also tell myself. Um, and it, it pays off in other areas of your life too, from your friendships to your career, advocating for yourself outside. Like, I, I just think that there's a lot of benefits to, to coaching, not just because of relationships, but just for your own self-development. So just take the time to invest in yourself. I love that. <laughs> no, that's so yeah. good, especially, and that's something I don't think that we talk about as much on this podcast is are the the trickle effect of it how mm-hmm. it pours into other areas of, of your life like you said you start to advocate for yourself more you work on your friendships you work in your family relationships you show up more in the workplace you start going after those goals going after that better version of you that you want to become when you start doing that healing work when you learn how to communicate and how to own your value and believe in yourself in a whole different way. So I love Mm -hmm. that. And definitely thank you for sharing that part of your journey and your growth as well. So really quickly, how have you seen that trickle and pour over into your work relationships or the workplace or your career goals or your friendships or any other relationships? I would say... Well, starting with um, 
with work, I there, there was a situation at work where I just had to say, you know what, no, I can't, Boundaries. I can't do this, mm-hmm. I can't accept this. Um, so we're gonna have to like revise and figure out another solution, and they did. And so I think before I would have just been so so terrified, like I don't want them to like think badly of me. Maybe this will affect my my position. But no, people they see you as an asset because you're they they see your skill set and they want to make sure that they keep you around. So I I think it, it took me a while to remember that like you're you're super important. So your value, yeah, exactly. So just make sure that you advocate for yourself. And if they say no, they say no. Um, so just being able to not be afraid to speak up for myself at work. Um, and then for friends, I would say. I'm trying to be more intentional. I still have to work on it because it, it is hard long distance, but being more intentional about like reaching out, um, seeing how people are doing on their day to day. And even just saying like, hey, I was just thinking about you or oh, I had this dream about you. Just like reaching out like small connections. It doesn't have to necessarily always be this big thing. Right. Um, but yeah, just being more intentional about like keeping yeah. up with them has been something I've been working on. It just sounds like you've, you've seen yourself grow getting better at communicating, setting boundaries, emotional presence, um, building relationships, and really advocating for yourself and owning your value. And that's the new package of Maniyama and that growth package. (laughs) That's the growth package. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so, so, so much for being on this podcast and for sharing your story with me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to share our new Attract Your Match game plan calls. If you are a high achieving woman between the ages of 28 to 43, you've been single three years or more, and you want a committed relationship so you can get married, the Attract Your Match game plan calls are for you. Now on these 20 minute calls, you're going to get so much clarity on your blind spots and what specific areas you need to focus on so that you can attract a high quality relationship now. These are no charge, pitch-free calls and spots are filling as we speak. So book yours today. You're going to go to the link in the show notes and book your 20-minute Attract Your Match game plan call.